if you haven't seen me recently, I think one um, reason for my interest in health stuff is that I have not been doing well. Um, I had a good bout of fitness motivation at the initial spurt of COVID, and then I lost it completely and more or less let go. And now I am, um, I'm 5'7", 230 pounds, which is 171 cm and 100 kilograms. Um, and that is something I need to fix. Um, and so that's why I'm looking into all these and then also um, making a daily commitment to myself that there is nothing else probably more important uh, than getting my body and my eating and uh, my weight under control. Um, there is an interesting note here uh, with regards to the obesity epidemic. Um, there's a podcast conversation I want to offer, but then also there's reading material that is actually probably more significant and more interesting than the podcast conversation. So this is a conversation on the Huberman Lab podcast where they talk a little bit about the the weird beliefs and the, uh, the surprising insight that we still don't know what causes obesity. Not in, in terms of individuals. Individuals, there's the scientific calorie in calorie out um, equation but um, they have conflicting factors and then also on a, at a population scale we don't understand what's going on so what about the the typical person who's an omnivore eating um you know some rice some pasta pasta salads you know people that are that are eating not junk food massive amounts of sugar but have blood glucose that's in kind of moderate range do you think and here feel free to speculate do you think that those people might feel far better or even a little bit better if they were in a lower glucose state? And I ask this because I think there are a lot of people out there who suffer from full-blown depression, but there are also a lot of people who suffer from like moodiness and feeling not so great, subclinical depression. Yes, burnout is what I would call it. Yeah, and or just feeling like some days are great and then other days they feel lousy for reasons they don't understand. Yeah. Um, and those make for less dramatic case studies. And yet I have to assume that that description will net a, a large fraction of the general public. So the, the way that I kind of break this field, and I'm probably getting too nerdy right now, but I kind of break this field into cause. What's the actual root cause? And what are effective treatments? And I really see them as two separate things. Sim just because the ketogenic diet is an effective treatment does not imply that the cause of the problem was eating carbohydrates. And I think that's a really important distinction. There are many people who disagree with me on that. There's no doubt about it. And everybody's heard people say, sugar is the cause of everything that ails you. Or carbs are the cause of everything that ails you. If everybody does a low-carb diet or a ketogenic diet, and then they go to, so it must be sugar that was the cause. I don't see it as clearly black and white as that. The calorie restriction, ketogenic diet, carbohydrate restriction are inducing metabolic changes in the brain and body. And regardless of what the person was eating, they are inducing metabolic changes that can be really beneficial to brain health. So let me, let me just give a clear black and white example of this, and then, I, and then I can speak to the broader topic that you brought up about just the general population. The easy example of the ketogenic diet being an, a 
effective intervention for somebody who was not following a bad diet is an infant with epilepsy. There are lots of infants who have uncontrollable seizures. They are drinking breast milk. To the best of our knowledge, that is the primary, most beneficial food source an infant could be consuming. Now, some might say, well, maybe the mother's, you know, whatever. I, I don't buy that. The mother's breast milk is, in fact, the, the, the optimal food source for that infant. And yet that infant is still seizing. If we put that infant on a ketogenic diet, a lot of those infants' seizures will stop. It doesn't mean that the cause of the infant's seizures was a bad diet, but it means a dietary intervention can change brain metabolism and improve symptoms in that person. So going to your broader question about adults modern day, the real answer, you know, there was just this conference in London, the Royal College of Obesity Medicine or something like that. That's not the name, but it's something along those lines. The conclusion of that conference that invited the greatest minds in obesity medicine the overarching conclusion of that conference was we don't know what causes obesity. It's really important that we sit with that. We don't know what causes obesity. They don't think excess caloric intake beyond one's daily metabolic needs is causing obesity. Some will argue that, but, and, and so some will say, yes, it's all energy balance. But why do we have an epidemic of obesity? Ah, well, that's a uh, that's the and, gazillion dollar question. Yes. And and junk. Some will say it's all the junk food. But we had junk food in the 1970s when I was growing up. I grew up on Kool Aid and Twinkies and King Dongs and Ho Hos oh. and Oh, I'm rewatching. <laughs> I'm rewatching the Mad Men series now. I love that series, and I'm rewatching it. And I, I happen to know someone who worked on that series. They research everything for for the props and the costumes, everything, but right down to diet. And if you look at the, the diet, it was terrible. It was mostly, yes, there was a lot of excessive amounts of drinking and cigarette smoking, but the diets were terrible. It was prepackaged foods. It was frozen dinners. I mean, that really came to prominence in the 70s and 80s, um, but uh, even in the 50s. And uh, from what I've been reading, even in the 30s and 40s, you know, it, People were not eating grass-fed meat and Brazil nuts with a little bit of broccoli rabe on the side. Does no. not the typical intake. Um, so something, something out there, or maybe multiple things, are at play to increase obesity. And at the end of the day, I believe some will call this speculative, but I actually think we've got a tremendous amount of evidence that continues to point in this direction. I believe that mitochondria are the key to the obesity epidemic. That there is something in our environment. So that is either our food, environmental toxins, stress levels, poor sleep, not getting adequate sunlight. Whatever you want to speculate on, all, all of the above. All of those things are known to impair mitochondrial function. And if if parts of your brain that regulate metabolism and that regulate eating behaviors are not metabolically healthy, 
it means that they will not stop you from eating, or it means that your metabolism will not rise to the challenge of 10 donuts. Um, because some people can eat 10 donuts and go on staying thin and healthy. Although I, I totally agree. Although I would um, just like to say that it seems to me that compared to when I was growing up, and again, I haven't run the statistics, there are fewer and fewer of those individuals around now. Just as when I was growing up, it was one or two kids in class that were quite overweight. And then there were some that were mildly overweight, but most were of healthy weight. Nowadays, that's dramatically altered. The landscape is dramatically altered in the other direction. Um, it is rare when I encounter one of those can eat anything type people. I know one, he's actually an employee at Stanford. He's on our media team at Stanford. And um, this guy, I, when I take him to lunch, it's like, the, I mean, he's in his uh, early 70s and he can eat and eat. he's incredibly lean. He exercises a little bit, but he's one of these mutants that just can eat and eat and eat and he's lean and he's vital and he's, it's, it's wild. Um, and he's an expensive lunch. Um, <laughs> uh, but those people are seem rare. And even those kids are now seem rare. They're getting increasingly rare. And, and that, that leads me to think it may be epigenetic factors in the womb environment so that kids are actually coming out predisposed to obesity. All right. Um, so I kind of use this opportunity as a way to introduce the uh, a chemical hunger, which is a series of essays published by some anonymous person named Slimold Timold that goes a little bit deeper into all the things that we think we know about obesity and why they have been disproved. It's a jarring um, thing to to try to understand this, and um, but I think also ultimately irrelevant for the individual. This is more of an epidemiological and population level study, um, whereas the individual we know that it's pretty much the basics: eat more, eat less, move more. 